When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the darker side of the after show with me, your host Sean, joined by co-host Lukey from ITR Boxing to discuss the episode that we've just heard, which is A Death in the Ring, the tragic tale of Ray Boom Boom Mancini versus Duck Koo Kim. A harrowing tale of two different people from two different countries and two different complete lives. Very contrasting stories between one another and now the dust has settled now the episode is out there and now we've done our entire story on this from from top to bottom and the way we do our our stuff here on the btr boxing podcast network i'm genuinely interested now to know what the reaction is of yourself lukey because when i bring you onto this show as the co-host we do it on the basis that you get to listen to the episode prior to it going live and you're able to then gather your own thoughts and feelings and opinions about what you think about these stories, what your own knowledge of them are, is, and your your sort of historical thoughts and feelings are on it, and then in comparison to when you hear the story told in another format, and I'm I'm just sort of interested to know what your initial reaction is to the story. Extremely sad, and um, it's one of those things I relate to because I'm hitting a point in my life where this is something that's very real for me, where. You just have to accept things because there's no resolution. So I recommend for anyone that's out there, if you have a way of coming to terms or resolving things with people or getting those final memories with people, please do it. You know, I mean, just this last week, I lost a mentor to me, OG Bobby. And it's like it just kind of went full circle with kind of where I've been thinking. So the episode obviously consists of a little bit of a biography on Ray Mancini, but more importantly about Duck Koo Kim, who really not a lot of information was provided about and all the various 
article throughout the years and it was a it was a difficult time for us to try and put together a, a real understanding of what Dukku Kim and his life was all about and his origins and upbringings and I think that was one of the things that was most important to me and Johnston was to make sure we we highlighted that because people remembered him for being the guy that essentially died there in the ring although he dies five days after the fight occurs he essentially loses his his, his fight in the ring in more than one way and it's a harrowing tale really because it's a significant moment for both Ray Mancini for boxing for the family of Dukku Kim and Ray Mancini's family of course and and the implications of what happened here uh, have been felt for for such a long time and and this is why it, it fits the narrative of the darker side of boxing this is why we wanted to retell this story in our way because we felt like there was a lot of elements that sometimes documentaries don't always project across and you know when a documentary comes out about a certain individual or a certain story it's always done from usually a limited perspective usually there's always a certain narrative behind it and with us we've always tried to create both sides of the story and and kind of give a picture you know good bad and ugly of of what maybe these characters and individuals are all about and i felt like we did that with Dukku kim and, and ray mancini and it's it was pivotal because of the fact that this fight was the the, the trajectory point of boxing changing from 15 championship rounds to 12 championship rounds which was a significant moment in the sport and many fighters that had fought in that era of the 15 round era that then transitioned into the 12 always maintained like how they always used to use them last three championship rounds to to sort of if they were a certain slower paced fighter, they'd use them last three championship rounds to really come on strong in the fight. So when this pivotal change happened, it was significant for a lot of fighters who had been conditioning themselves to a certain degree and, and then having to change their game plan and their styles to be able to adapt to this significant change in the sport of boxing. But going back to, to yourself, Lukey, and, and going back through this story, you talk about sadness and depression and you talk a lot about how it you know can easily relate to certain elements of anybody's life. But hearing more information about Dukku Kim, hearing more of the stories surrounding him and his family and the origins and some of the mysterious things that sort of happened around him uh, after he passed, the fact that the referee committed suicide in an unrelated incident, the fact that Dukku Kim's mother also committed suicide, I thought was was very strange, very strange incidents that occurred after this moment. And now I'm going to do what I do where I completely go on a tangent that's unrelated but it reminded me of a movie called the poltergeist where like there's so many tragedies that surround that movie if you look it up because i believe the poltergeist is the movie where they used real bones and then it's like actors were tormented and multiple people died from the cast and it's like it it feels like this is one of those cursed fights where the out the outcome created several tragedies not a singular tragedy it must have been difficult for the family of, of both of them, really, because you know during the course of the episode, we do you know tell the story of, of Ray Mancini's daughter and, and obviously having the issues at school and then the fact that the issues at school being teased over that fight about the fact that her dad killed somebody in the ring led to him having to then expose his family, his, his, his children, to see what had actually happened and you know, for for him, it was a very difficult moment, a, a moment that he doesn't really want to talk about that often. And he, we did reach out to him through a, another source for a friend of the show who who said he, did, he didn't want to talk about it. I mean, 
understandably so. I mean, how many times has it kind of been hashed over? He's the last time he did something significant on this was when he did that documentary, The Good Son, and that was ten years ago, nearly eleven years, eleven years ago now. So it's not something he clearly wants to continue to talk about in his life, and it's something that I said in the episode myself. He's got to live with, no matter how many times he can put that to the back of his mind, it'll always be there. That that moment will always be there because it changed his his life forever. As a boxer, he was never the same again. He was never the same. He was at the height of his his powers, the peak of his powers. At only twenty one in the ring when this fight took place, and all the speculation about where he was going to go was just out of this world. I mean, Sugar Ray Leonard had, had retired for the first time at this point as well with a detached retina. So you were losing a superstar in Sugar Ray Leonard and you were gaining one in Ray Mancini and then this unfortunate incident occurs and it just completely changes the complexity of the future for Ray Mancini, his family and the family of Duck Koo Kim. And that's why it's just so significant and why we really wanted to, to do this story in its entirety and not just sort of in parts, which is what we found some people had done previously so going back to the the career of Ray Mancini then we always ask this age-old question about what if and the whole what if scenario around Ray Mancini is what if this didn't go down the way it did would Ray Mancini have gone on and, and been even more successful in his career I mean woulda coulda shoulda like Adrian Broner doesn't make life decisions would he have been the great of his era I think that it's hard to separate any outcome when this type of tragedy happens and look at a modern equivalent from Ohio. Charles Conwell had a tragedy with Patrick day and he should be fighting for a world title. But for some reason that hasn't happened. I think that when these type of things happen, it sadly overshowers a fighter. So with this particular story, then we spoke about the poignant moments of both of their boxing careers. And I think what I was sort of surprised to to learn about was the really poor upbringing of Duck Koo Kim and I mean I probably shouldn't have been surprised in some ways because he was coming from a part of the world which you know has its really sort of poor areas of it like 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 some do and I think the the sort of the poverty line that he was living on and boxing being his escape was was quite a it was a tale that I really enjoyed hearing about it was a story that I really enjoyed hearing about. And the extracts from his own diary were, were really compelling about someone who was is fighting that uphill battle to try and make it to the top of the sport of something that they enjoy doing, something that they feel they're good at and something that is going to provide them and, and the family a, a better future. And, and what was, I think, more difficult to stomach throughout the course of it was, you know, knowing where his family was at at the time that he passes away. The fact that, you know, his wife, a young me, is pregnant with his son, and his son would never obviously get to meet the father. And you know, it was it was it was quite upsetting as a as a father myself. You know, it's it's, it's upsetting to sort of think about you know the prospects of not being able to be there for your children. And I think that must have been a, a difficult thing that the son grew up with all those years. And then what we tried to do was then present the story in in effect of when they do meet up all those years later and young me and, and, and the son do meet up with Ray Mancini and his family and they have these sort of really nice, heartfelt, warm moments that kind of, you feel like they kind of put a close to the chapter of that book, but 
I just think it's one of these moments in in the sport that no matter how many times you try and sort of put closure to it, there'll never really truly be closure behind it because it'll be it'll be something that people just have to learn to live with, but will never get over. It's like what I was talking about earlier. How there's there's some things for some people, not all people, where you just have to accept that it'll never be okay. You're never gonna get that moment, and you're never gonna get complete solace and you just have to understand it and it's an awful feeling and once again i say dealing with this somewhat right now as i am uh really try not to ever be in that position because it's just it it can eat you alive and what would you advise people to to try and do you know if they're in in a position like this where they've got these these moments like what do you do? How how do you move forward from it? Do you ever move forward or do you learn to live with it? I mean, honestly, like every single night I live with regret. And then when a tragedy happens, it's way worse. So it's like I probably never will come to terms with it, but it will just become more of a familiar feeling. So the longer it lasts, the more it's like, okay, that's more of a normal feeling, but it, it never gets better. And I think that is something that's probably really relatable for this episode isn't it i mean with you in particular like you, you're referring to your own personal life and and you know if i'm looking at my own personal life and i'm bringing that into the equation you know i've not been in this situation like ray mancini went through in 1982 but every one of us has to go through life and experience death you know it's, it's, it's the loved ones it's the older generations of your family that you lose and sometimes that that can come in generations that are past you as well you know some people are that unfortunate that they lose younger ones than them in the family whether it be brothers sisters children you know it's 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 awful it's an awful topic to to discuss but i think it's a topic that has to be discussed because it really relates well to this particular episode and and you know the the thoughts and feelings of of trying to get through life after such a tragic event takes place is it's hard it's hard to go through them moments and not think about them on on a regular basis and I think for someone like a, a Ray Boom Boom Mancini who was trying to and did achieve what he what he, what his father set out to do years before him, which was to become world champion. You know, when he eventually achieves it, he doesn't get to really enjoy that success for very long because before he knows it, he's in this fight. And the biggest respect to him for openly sitting there and saying, "Look, I didn't overlook this guy. I really didn't overlook this guy. I knew what I was getting into." But yet the media at the time didn't really know who Duck Koo Kim was or what he was about. And this is 1982, you know, it's not like we had YouTube. It's not like we had computers to be able to search the internet for videos of Duck Koo Kim. Back then, you know, you were lucky if you could get a VHS or a Betamax tape with this information about this fighter on or, or any sort of previous fights of this because they didn't really have the same technology then. So it must have been... As a fighter going into a fight like that with this complete unknown quantity into it, it must have been difficult. And then to see what happens in the aftermath of it, like Ray Mancini goes off and he's being sort of, Frank Sinatra brings him into, I think he's in a club and Frank Sinatra brings him into the club and he's introducing him and he's, he's a big celebrity at this point and everybody loves him and, and what's going on behind the scenes is Duck Kim's in hospital and, and he's, he's, he's dying and Ray Mancini you know, is is not because he wanted to do that, but because he was being thrusted that way. You know, he he's going into all these events, and then people close to him are telling him like, "Look, you know, this guy's this this is not looking good, Ray. This guy's gonna die." 
and then eventually dies five days later, and then it just it just changed the life of of Boom Boom Mancini. It really did. It, it, you know, you can tell every conversation he has about this. It's there. You know, you can just see it lingering in the back of his mind, and it's just coming to the forefront. And I'm just wondering, like, like from your perspective, like knowing the sport like the, as well as you do, like how how does a fighter ever come back from something like that? I mean. You don't, right? You don't really, like, death is a tricky subject, right? Because I've been thinking about this. And death is a tricky subject because there's no comfort to it. It's unknown. When my spirit passes on, is it just one long dream and nothing happens beyond that? It's uncomfortable. There's no way for me to comfort a young person. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Other than just to be there for them. And the longer I'm alive, the closer I'm to that. And this week I felt that, right? And this week I felt that. I've been feeling it. I mean, shoot, I lost 15 people in 2020, you know? And it's like, it. there's many different ways. But I think if you have any form of compassion... It really eats at you. So for I understand for Boom Boom not wanting to talk about it because there's tons of stuff I prefer to not talk about. So I get it. I don't think you do come back from it. I think you have to be someone that can channel your anger and want people to feel the anger you feel. Because I think the closest I can explain how I feel is it's like I'm Bruce Banner where it's like I'm normal and then if I if someone triggers all that frustration, it's like it sets me off. And the way I cope with that is I have to not bring any of that up so I can rele- or regulate it in that form. The difficulty with, with like Raymond Cini is everything that he achieved prior to that fight, just for me, like kind of gets brushed aside a little bit because, you know, people then just remember him 
unfortunately for this particular moment and and i think that's one of the things like when we did the early beginnings of the episode and we tried to talk about the background of ray mancini and his family and everything that his family were trying to achieve and the difficulties in in, in youngstown and the change and you know economically and and, and jobs wise how things were changing there it was really important for us to set a lot of context to it because you know like when you look at a fighter who gets to a certain point of their careers and then they're getting all these accolades behind them and people then you know sometimes fighters kind of forget where they they're where they come from sometimes and, and then they end up you know sort of not really staying true to the roots but I've always found that Ray Mancini over the years has always been someone that stayed true to his roots and whilst this fight has has defined him and what's happened has defined him he you know he hasn't let it ruin his his life and his his career subsequently you know he's very active still and and involved within boxing and boxing media and it's good to see you know that he's he's his great mind as an individual he's still there to to sort of give advice and opinions and 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 be able to there to be a pundit for certain shows and you know he's a guy that i think whilst he'll be living with that pain for the rest of his life and i'm, I'm totally adamant on that and i think your conversation on this episode is, is kind of testament to, to what you've been through as a person i think it's about how you have to manage that in a way and how you have to kind of compartmentalize it a little bit to try and move things in a different direction within your life and and I think that's kind of how he's had to go through his boxing career following that incident and then he's that's how he's had to then go through the rest of his life following that incident and and, and it's like his children then get associated with it because of the sins of their father so to speak and it, it just seems like one of them things that no matter what happens in in the sport, no matter what happens in in, in history of the sport, you know it's something that will be a forever moment in boxing, and and it was why we wanted to do it, and it's why we wanted to bring light to it. But it was also important that we didn't forget about those that were involved. You know, Doc Kim is remembered for being the guy that died in the ring, as opposed to being remembered for a guy that was actually seemed to be a really compassionate human being who come from a difficult upbringing and essentially clawed his way to the top and that that's the story that we wanted to tell and i hope that you know you guys listening to this after show have already listened to the bane show you'll have kind of got that from it it was about really sort of looking at the compassionate side of things for us so you know coming down to a bit of a summary of of the episode then luke here like it really resonates with you strongly because of your own personal feelings and your own personal incidents outside of the ring. But trying to take yourself out of that moment for just a moment, like what what do you sort of look at with this this story and its impact on the boxing world? Uh, uh, twofold. What I take out of it is words have power, because a lot of Kim's build up to this fight was like using the word "killer be killed, live or die." And it really made me think about how like our words truly have more power than we think they have. I think the lasting impression on the boxing world is the sport was forever changed. And in many ways, people somewhat shame Boom Boom Mancini, one of the best fighters of his era, kind of had a stigma around him to the point where, as you said, his career never was what it should have been. And I think that's why when a guy like Kelly Pavlik came, why a Mancini was so excited. Another Youngstown Ohio fighter coming out. And um yeah, I mean it's just a it's kind of like the boxing version of Len Bias's story in basketball, where it's just truly sad. It's just an American tragedy. 
it's a tragedy in America. It's a tragedy in boxing. And I hope that people have listened to the episode and have been able to take away the sort of compassionate side of it, as I mentioned before. And, and I hope you've been able to take away more of an understanding and an education on Duck Koo Kim, because that is important that there wasn't only one person involved in this, that Doku Kim was a man, he was a human, he had a family, he had a son on the way, you know, he was he had his future in front of him, and then this unfortunate incident occurred. And it's also about highlighting the dangers of the sport and, and how it only takes one punch sometimes to, to, to have this concussive effect. And, you know, we've seen tragedies happen over the years. It doesn't have to happen that often, statistically, but when it does, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard. And then people look at the sport and go, this sport should be banned. This sport shouldn't be happening. But then statistically, you look over the years of the amount of people it's happened to, uh, it's very, very minimal in percentage in comparison to the amount of fights that actually take place. I think this was that moment that, it's horrible to say this, but it's like it needed to happen to change the sport in a better way. And I hope that Doku Kim's sacrifice was that moment that changed it. And it did make things better. I mean, seemingly for me, in some regards, it, it did because it changed the rounds. It changed... The, the impact of, of, of fighters and, and the way they'd have to train. It had changed uh, the regulations, the medical side of things with the sport. Um, but unfortunately, it only seems to happen every time something bad happens in the sport. There's, there's not a lot of proactivity that goes on. It's always reactive moments like that that make things change. I mean, it's happened in the UK a couple of times with fighters that have had the same incident nowhere near as at the level as Ray Boom Boom Mancini but it has happened here in the UK on a couple of occasions there was a fighter that fought Chris Eubank Jr. a few years ago Nick Blackwell and he had a sustained punishment throughout the course of the fight against Eubank Jr. and ended up in a coma he ended up recovering from it but because of his need and love for this sport decided to go back in for sparring when he felt things had, had got better and ultimately injured himself again now that's a different scenario than what we're talking about in this episode but it just highlights the dangers of of this sport and and how moments like this will always change the sport forever and this one was probably the most significant one of the lot and that's not discrediting any of the fighters that have passed away recently but for me it is it's a significant moment it's a historical moment it's a moment that changed boxing forever and it was really key for us to want to tell a compassionate story about two individuals that were just great human beings yeah it's um it's hard it's hard because i just wish the guy didn't have to die and i know no one no one uh I know Boom Boom didn't want that to happen either. It's just hard to, it's hard to deal with the outcome uh, and the result. So the result of the sport being safer, that's great, but just absolutely stinks that the guy died. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was, um, it's certainly a harrowing moment and uh, a difficult moment and, um, deepest sympathies always go out to those that have lost loved ones in general but in this sport even greater because we forget how much these guys are putting themselves at risk every single time they step into that ring every single time and well sometimes you can be overly critical of a fighter you don't realize that actually you know every time these guys go in they're putting themselves on the line and it only takes one punch in the wrong place at the wrong time and that's it it's, it's good night Vienna for them 
and it's it's harsh it's a harsh reality of the situation and it shouldn't take something like this to create change and i think that's one of the things me and johnson talked about in one of our recent episodes the boxing wish list where we talked about making boxing safer how can they do it and, and coming up with ideas of how to do it and i think this is a proactive conversation that needs to happen more often but it doesn't it only happens when something like that happens and that's the that's the shameful part of the sport and that's the the seedy part of the sport that just doesn't really cater to to the safety of boxers all the time when it needs to and i'm not saying like the the governing bodies the control the organizations don't do it because they do they have things in place to do that but there's definitely more that could be done there's always more that could be done to create better safety in this sport and i think this episode whilst it goes back through a historical story it certainly brings a lot of emotion back to to a time of, of when this has happened in more recent recent times i mean the crappy thing about boxing is nothing ever changes unless money's affected so if the money's not affected the human rights the equitable treatment it never comes to light unless it impacts people's money and that's kind of the the sad truth of boxing it'll happen time and time again well with that in mind it's been a quite harrowing episode and a sad one and a difficult one for you lukey with it being so personalized to, to yourself and i appreciate you coming on and obviously speaking to to us and, and co-hosting this episode a more difficult one for you to to talk about the story of ray mancini and duck Coot kim and for those that enjoyed the story and the way the story was told thank you for listening thank you for downloading thank you for tuning in and you know if you've got any thoughts feelings and opinions on that and obviously this show and anything that lukey you may have said in this show anything that they can relate to with you please just get in touch at the darker side of boxing podcast darker underscore side underscore pod on twitter or you can get in touch with lukey at lukey boxing and you can find his channel itr boxing he does a lot of great stuff on there so please make sure you are subscribing and tuning into everything that he's doing as well some great stuff some great synopsis of shows uh, and some great analysis of big fight reactions and everything that you do on there it's great stuff and it's really appreciated you being the co-host of this show and i hope everybody listening has enjoyed the episode even though it's a darker one a difficult one i hope you've enjoyed it and i hope you can take something away from it and and sort of implement it into your own lives and and, and sort of realize the compassion side of, of what we've talked about here today um, but with that in mind lukey big thank you to you big thank you to everybody listening and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the darker side of the after show Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.